pray about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. And you shall, in it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Verses 1 through 17, Exodus chapter 20. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the eternal wisdom, the power, the grace that rests upon your word. Thank you for the blessing that is ours as we simply open your word and receive of the eternal wisdom that's found there. Father, with every passing day, more and more help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds more and more with your wisdom, your grace, your counsel, your guidance, your direction, your empowerment that comes from your mighty and powerful word. Father, we commit the broadcast into your hands. Father, anoint it with an even greater anointing. Use it to set every believer listening on fire with a fresh a fire that burns by the power of your spirit that would cause us to have a growing hunger for your word and a growing commitment to be both hearers and doers of your word. We thank you and we praise you for your precious and powerful word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer, and he's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we join the Apostle Paul in saying, Now to the King eternal, immortal, to God, who alone is wise, be all honor and glory and praise. Father, we lift high your name today. We exalt you. You're such a wonderful God, and we, um, we're so uh, far from you, Father, so little but yet you love us to stoop down and love sinners like us. Thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Uh, let me mention, today we're, our topic is actually the title of a book that I had the privilege of writing. Uh, the book is entitled, 
a pastor's notes, God calls the church to stand boldly for life. And let me repeat that title again. A pastor's notes, God calls the church to stand boldly for life. And, you know, one of the goals behind this particular title is that we grow in our understanding as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God calls us to follow him, but not to simply follow him. We're called to boldly follow God. We're to be courageous in our commitment to obey what God has said. We're not just simply to read the Word of God. We're to obey the Word of God. And we know, see, we realize going on in our culture right now is quite a, a war that is raging about the issue of life. We see how that there are many believers who are seeking to boldly stand up and speak on behalf of life and for God and for His honor. But on the other hand, we see extreme wickedness on the part of people who want to keep legalized abortion in place, who think that it's a, seem to think that it's a good thing that they can kill their babies at will, and some that are militant about being upset and angry over the reality of abortion being made illegal once again. And we know that the reality is behind, you know, as the Ten Commandments let us know, it clearly tells us, you shall not murder. There's never a time in which that truth is not the case. Murder is the taking of innocent life. God's Word doesn't change. And so that always has been true, and it always will be true. It's wrong to take innocent life. Yet, again, there would be many people, in fact, even many leaders in political circles, leaders even in uh, quote-unquote-so-called Christian circles that would stand for and support the right of a, well, the so-called right of a woman to abort her child, to murder her child in the womb. But keep in mind, God's Word doesn't change. The Ten ten Commandments have always been true and always will be true, and one of them is you shall not murder. So, again, murder is never right. There's never a right time to carry out an abortion. There's never a right time to take innocent life. So as we look at this topic, one of our goals is to encourage you to recognize this. Number one, for persons that have already gone down that road and made that sad decision, the Word of God tells us very clearly in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We serve a loving Heavenly Father that's full of mercy, full of grace, full of loving kindness, and full of forgiveness. So if you've gone down that road and made that tragic mistake in the past, if you confess it, ask God to forgive you. You know, God is more than willing to do that. So there's hope and certainly there's forgiveness for the tragic decision of one having made the the sad decision of having an abortion. But keep in mind, God doesn't want people to keep going down that road. It's important to remember, these babies are His babies. So we're going to... Take a moment now specifically. I want to share an article in just a moment entitled The Bible, Life, and Abortion. And it lays out a biblical foundation to why we need to, what the Word of God says about the life issue. Some people are not aware of how much Scripture says speaking to this issue. But before we do, let me just mention to all of our listeners, if you're listening and if it's your desire to be used of God to both be a witness standing boldly for life in the gospel. And you'd also like to be used of God to help encourage your church to become much more committed to the work of standing for life and against abortion. I want to say this now. Uh, The reason I put it this way is because I'm not wanting to give away books just to give them away. 
The, this book is a tool to help stir you to become a passionate ambassador for the kingdom standing for life. So if you'd like to get a copy of the book of Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life, a book that I had the privilege of writing oh, a year and a half or so ago, or well, actually it's been a little longer than that. It's been somewhat longer than that, though. But the, again, the title of Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. Uh, the first two persons that email us and ask for it with the understanding that the what we're asking you to do is if you want to get the book, that it's your desire to be used to the Lord to become a bold and strong witness standing for Christ and standing for life. So again, we're not just simply wanting to give away copies of the book for your pleasure reading. They're meant to be tools to help equip you to be a mighty warrior for standing for Christ and standing for life. So if you'd like to get a copy of the book, Simply email me, the first two persons that email us, at joseph at afr.net. If you'd like to receive a copy of the book with the goal of becoming a better equipped servant that will boldly get involved with Standing for Life, again, email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net to get a copy of the book. A pastor's notes, God calls the church to stand boldly for life. I'm going to go ahead and share now from an article that we wrote entitled, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. What exactly does the Bible say about life, standing for life, and the abortion issue? Does it say anything about these issues, or is it silent? Does it tell us anything about God's perspective and thinking about life and the taking of the life of innocent children? Actually, the Word of God has a lot to say about these issues. Do you want to know God's will and thoughts about these matters? Just look in His book. One definition of abortion is the deliberate murder of a child in the womb of its mother. Another definition is the taking of the life of an innocent baby. The following are passages from the Bible that give us God's counsel, His thoughts, and His will concerning life, abortion, and the taking of innocent life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 tells us, You shall not murder. Again, Exodus 20, 13. Then Proverbs 24, verse 12 tells us, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Again, that was Proverbs 24, verse 12. I'm going to read that again. I want you to listen closely. Again, Proverbs 24, verse 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Again, Proverbs 24, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute 
Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Again, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 to 5. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the people of Israel, Anyone of the people of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who gives any of his children to Molech, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given one of his children to Molech, to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do it all, close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Molech, and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow him, in whoring after Molech. Again, Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 to 5. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for, the, for their gods. They even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. Ezekiel 16, 20 and 21. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? Again, Ezekiel 16, 20 to 21. Psalm 106, verses 37 and 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Again, Psalm 106, verses 37 and 38. Jeremiah 32, verse 35. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom. We'll pick up there. We can pick up right there on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession today. We're looking at the topic. A pastor's notes, God calls the church to send boldly for life. We'll be right back.
music of Fred Hammond, If My People. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic. Our topic for today is actually the same uh, as the title of a book I had the privilege of writing. The book is entitled, A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. And again, uh, I've already mentioned that the first two people that email us that would like to get a copy of the book with, uh, now again, with this stipulation. The goal is that we put this book in the hands of believers that are really going to get involved with helping to impact their church and their their community as they stand as bold witnesses standing for life and against the tragedy of abortion. So the book is a tool to help equip you to be a bold witness standing for life. So if you'd like to get a copy, again, the first two persons that email us, my email is joseph at afr.net, and you'll receive a copy of the book. A pastor's notes, God calls the church to stand boldly for life. Again, email me at joseph at afr.net. Hope to hear from you if you have not emailed us already. Continuing now reading from an article entitled, The Bible, Life, and Abortion, picking up now once again. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? Again, Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. Then Psalm 106, verses 37 and 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Psalm 106, verses 37 and 38. Then in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 35. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, Though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Then, finally, then, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, a very important verse of hope, tells us, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Reading that again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 to 22, and in Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 19, God's word tells us of two governmental leaders, two kings who for sad, cruel, and selfish reasons gave orders to slaughter innocent little boys. By their power and authority, their orders were carried out. Tragically, we still have governmental leaders who continue to approve of killing innocent babies in the womb. This is not an exhaustive listing of the scriptures that speak to the issue of life, standing up for life, and standing against abortion. These are just a few, but they're enough to help you see what God clearly thinks about the issues concerning life. What should be our response to the insights God's Word gives us of His will, His perspective, and His thoughts on these issues? A wise and correct response on the part of believers and the church 
is that we get passionately involved in aggressively standing for life. What can believers do to walk out of passion and commitment to the cause of life? Here are a few ways to get involved. Number one, find your local pregnancy center and volunteer your time to help in their ministry. Give financially to one or more local pregnancy centers. Pray for the ministry of pregnancy centers. Inquire about the possibility of your church putting the local pregnancy center into its church budget. Number two, take the time and effort to to research and learn more about the active pro-life ministries that are doing significant work to stand for life, save babies, and to help to end legalized abortion. And number three, educate yourself about every facet of the issues surrounding life and abortion. Sadly, there's much ignorance, apathy, and misinformation about the life issue and about abortion. Great is the need for the church to become educated spiritually and otherwise about this issue and get involved. Your help is greatly needed in this battle, and every day counts. Can God count on you? Again, the title of that article is The Bible, Life, and Abortion. And if you'd like to get a copy of the of this article, please do email us. Again, the email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. I would really like to get this in your hands, largely so that you'll have just a biblical, uh, a set of biblical references that help you know more fully what the Word of God does say about the life issue and the need for the church to stand for life and against abortion. Again, it, there are qu- quite a few different verses whereas there are some believers that might think, well, the Bible doesn't say much of anything. Now, the word abortion is not found in the pages of the Bible per se, but abortion is simply another word for murder. It's taking the life of an innocent human being, and so abortion is just another name put on the term for murder. And, of course, God clearly lets us know murder is wrong 100% of the time anywhere you find it in Scripture. So there's never a time where murder, the taking of innocent life, is okay with the Word of God or the will of God either. So again, to get a copy of the article, The Bible, Life, and Abortion, just email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Well, what should be the response of us as individual believers? What should be our response as local churches as well? Well, let me say this. It's not for me or you to tell anyone else per se exactly what all they should be doing, but each believer should diligently seek the Lord to find out what he would have them to do. And I believe God has work for every single believer in getting involved in the important war of standing for life and against the tragedy of abortion and helping to end legalized abortion in our world as well. So, but keep in mind, let me share with you a few things that may very well come to mind, but some of them are matters that are or ways you as an individual can get involved. And so your job is to pray and say, Lord, help me to discern exactly what you would have me to do to be a part of this important battle, to be a warrior in this important battle of life. For example, as I mentioned in the article, one of the things you can do certainly is to pray for the work and ministry of local pregnancy clinics. Pray for different pro-life ministries that are out there on the front lines doing important work, but also give financially. You know, there's such a need for giving to be done on the part of believers and local churches to, uh, on a monthly basis, giving to pregnancy clinics 
or on a monthly basis, church is placing them in their budget. There's so much wisdom and grace behind that. Too many believers don't even recognize that the whole ministry of pregnancy ministries, it's a mission field to itself. Uh, It's a mission field, one that specifically addresses the needs of a woman who finds herself pregnant at a difficult time in life. And so if you wonder, well, should this be placed in our mission budget? I think without question, one could easily place this kind of outreach in your mission budget because it is it is a mission field in and of itself. I hope that you and your church family would prayerfully consider that. And one thing that is true as well is that, and this is sad, but praise God for all the many pregnancy clinics that are coming up in more and more places in our culture. That's a great thing. But what you, if you learn more about in general, the ministry of pregnancy clinics, one of the things, one of the sad realities you find is that many of them are very, very much underfunded. And one of the reasons for that is because so many people don't even see a need to get involved with supporting them with their prayers or their finances either. In fact, there are many people, in fact, and many ministers of the gospel, they don't know what a pregnancy clinic is. So couldn't refer someone to them if their life depended on it because so many people don't know what pregnancy clinics are. Many don't realize that a lot of evangelism and discipleship happens through the local ministry of pregnancy clinics. And so without question, it's a very wise thing for local churches to get involved with supporting and working alongside them. And one one more reason for that is because once Many times when a, an expecting, a woman who's expecting a baby at a difficult time comes through the ministry of a local pregnancy clinic, it's very common that lots of them receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through the ministry of the pregnancy clinic. Once they're saved, these precious individuals need to be discipled. So one of the many reasons why it's important for the local church to be vitally connected and plugged into and coming alongside the ministry of pregnancy clinic clinics is that that ministry will have somewhere to funnel that individual to. Many times it's a young woman who finds herself pregnant at a difficult time. Sometimes the boyfriend may become involved. Now, sadly, many times the boyfriend doesn't want to have anything to do with the the girl once she becomes pregnant and may, have, may keep his distance. But on the other hand, sometimes couples do come, and sometimes both of them receive Christ as the Lord and Savior. They need to be funneled into a local church that will receive them, love them, and disciple them as well. And so there's a great need for churches to uh, vitally connect with and work cooperatively uh, and wonderfully with the ministry of local pregnancy clinics. So if you or your church don't know where your local pregnancy clinic is, I would challenge you to find out today. Find out today where your closest local pregnancy clinic is and begin to pray much for the Spirit of God to be poured out mightily upon their work and who they are and what they do, for God to bless and guide the uh, workers, the ministry staff that makes up these pregnancy clinics because some tough spiritual warfare happens at your average pregnancy clinic. Again, typically they will share the gospel with the individual, but oftentimes you find a woman that though she's coming by the pregnancy clinic, they're very often abortion-minded for whatever reason too often women come by the pregnancy ministry on their way to go get an abortion. Well, of course, thank God for the fact that the ministry staff has the opportunity to share the gospel and to encourage her to keep her baby or to consider adoption, which is a wonderful option as well. But many times the women that come to pregnancy clinics are abortion-minded and do have in mind to go get an abortion. 
But the pregnancy clinic is a wonderful tool that the Holy Spirit uses to open the minds and the hearts of these women who very often are afraid and unsure of their future, but they need to recognize that every child is from the hand of God. Every child conceived is from the hand of God. Uh, Though people refer to children as being accidents, God never makes any accidents. Every child from God's perspective without question is planned by his hand, and God has a plan and a purpose for that baby's life. So it's important for us as the church to boldly come alongside and support and work with the ministries of pregnancy ministries. Father, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful ministries of pregnancy clinics all over our nation and our culture and in other nations as well. Thank you for how that you've raised up so many to do the wonderful work of both sharing the gospel with these precious young women and others connected to them who may come through those doors. Thank you, Father, for the work of evangelism. Father, anoint every center, with every clinic with a fresh anointing of the spirit of evangelism and discipleship. Stir them to become more and more the effective tools in your hands to do just that, to spread the gospel. But also, Lord, anoint them with wisdom and grace to be effective as they seek to encourage that precious young mom to both consider keeping her baby or to consider adoption rather than destroying the precious life within her. Father, more and more help raise up more people that will volunteer and go and volunteer to work with and be a part of the work of these outreaches, but raise up many more intercessors who will pray fervently for the work of pregnancy clinics in our in our nation and in our world. And Lord, raise up more and more people that will financially come alongside them and stir believers to give generously to this very important work that is such an important instrument in your hands to do your work and your will in the world. And Father, raise up more individuals, both young people and adults, who recognize that it's important for us to do what we can to support the work of pregnancy clinics and also stir us to be believers that will stand up for what we know to be in line with your truth. Help us to never compromise. Help us to never go along with the philosophies and the the counsel of the world that tries to make us think abortion is okay. Help us to know your word has clearly told us you shall not murder and help us to stand on that truth boldly as you want us to. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking today at the topic of pastor's notes. God calls the church to stand boldly for life. We'll be right back.
from Mosaic, song simply entitled Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic of pastor's notes, God calls the church to send boldly for life. And again, the, our topic is the same as the title of our book, the book we wrote entitled A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Send Boldly for Life. The book is a tool to help equip you and to help set you on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit with a passion to stand boldly for life and to help in the tragedy of abortion. If you'd like to get a copy, we've already mentioned that we're giving away uh, uh, two free copies to the first two persons that email us at joseph at afr.net. And it's our hope and our desire that you would get the book and listen to the Holy Spirit about how the Lord would have you to become passionately involved with standing for life and hopefully help to impact your church, encourage your church to become much more involved with the, this important battle in our culture. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, it talks about the importance of putting on the whole armor of God. And keep in mind, this is important because we're dealing with spiritual warfare everywhere as it relates to the life issue and every other part of life as well. Again, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verses 10 to 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Again, how important it is that we recognize that, again, in all of life, we're wise to approach life as kingdom warriors, as believers. The reason being is because, like it or not, we're dealing with spiritual warfare every day, everywhere you go. And one of the planes on which are the venues and through which we see that happening just powerfully in our culture today, of course, is when we're looking at the issue of standing for life and against the tragedy of abortion, we see people that literally carrying themselves as, as, if, as if they're terrorists who are trying to bring damage and harm to pregnancy ministries out there. So please pray much for the safety of those who are standing for life, those who are involved in the work of the pregnancy ministries and any other pro-life work that may be. I want to remind our listeners, too, some about the journey that myself, and my wife, Birdie, and I have gone on. We, uh, I think I've, sh- well, I have shared before how that we've served as pastors in the Mississippi Delta for a number of years and eventually saw a need for an additional pregnancy ministry. There are at least a couple wonderful pregnancy ministries in that area. But 
some of the most populated areas, counties, there are no pregnancy clinics at all presently serving. Well, for a period of time, we wanted to help someone else do it. Uh, and there were discussions about it, but nothing was really happening. And at a certain point, we heard the Lord say, you do it. Well, after getting clarity about that that, in fact, is what the Lord wanted us to do, we embarked upon that journey. And by the grace of God, the ministry is uh, moving forward. It's uh, almost up and running. Uh, we're moving in the right direction. God miraculously blessed us with the full amount to purchase a mobile medical pregnancy ministry bus or RV. And Lord willing, we should have it in the month of August. Uh, but we're still presently raising the monies for the first year's budget. So I want to mention if you'd like to help us with that, we'd very much invite your help. Please pray much for us. We need your prayers. Pray. The ministry is, entire, is, is named Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. Again, Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. The website is greenwoodhopecenter.org. Again, greenwoodhopecenter.org. That's the website if you'd like more information. And if you'd like to, again, become a prayer partner, we very much would desire that. If you'd like to give financially to help support the work of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center, again, go to the website greenwoodhopecenter.org and you're able to contribute uh, through a link on the website. We hope that you'll prayerfully consider doing that. Or if you're just wanting more information, you can email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. But my encouragement and challenge to every single listener is that you pray and, and ask the Lord the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, that's the prayer that Paul prayed right after he received Christ and put his faith in the Lord on the road to Damascus. He asked the question, one of his first questions was, Lord, what do you want me to do? And as it relates to following and serving the Lord, that's a wise question to pray actually every single day. It's a good prayer and a question to ask the Lord every day. Lord, what do you want me to do? And as it relates to being involved in this important cause of standing for life and standing against the tragedy of abortion, again, the question and prayer is a wise one to pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? There are many churches that God literally, literally wants you to find your closest pregnancy clinic and put them in your budget. There are many that God would have to go and volunteer at the local pregnancy center. There are many that God would have them to become faithful intercessors who pray every day for the, the clinics. And one of the reasons it's so important to pray is because lots of spiritual warfare happens around every pregnancy clinic. And lots of spiritual warfare happens around abortion clinics as well. You know, we should be praying both for the ministry of pregnancy clinics, but also for the Spirit of God to be at work in and around abortion clinics because something many people are not aware of is large numbers of women will go into an abortion clinic to get an abortion, and before it, they go through with it, they will change their minds. Well, why is that? It's because many people are out there praying. And as they pray, the Spirit of God is speaking to and ministering to these precious women even in the midst of them looking at stepping into uh, an abortion room to allow her child's life to be taken. And many a woman has decided she didn't want to, even after she walked through the doors of that abortion clinic. Again, so much of the change of heart and the changes of heart and changes of mind that happen is because God's people are out there praying and interceding. I can't overstate how important the work of intercessors are as it relates to this matter. Many a woman have changed their mind because someone somewhere was praying for them and praying for the child or children 
in their precious wombs. Father, thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity we as your church have of being involved every day of helping to stand for life and against abortion. Lord, touch every single listener. Help each listener to really listen, to seek your face and to seek your wisdom, asking the question, Lord, what do you want me to do in this battle and on this battlefront? Help us, Lord, to discern exactly all you'd have us to do. Help us to be willing to give generously to this cause in in whatever ways you'd have us to financially. Help us to give generously through our prayers and our prayer life as we pray for your grace and mercy to be at work in and around pregnancy clinics, For your, as we pray for your grace and your spirit to be at work mightily, even inside the abortion clinics as well. And as we pray for ministries that are out there on the front lines, helping to stand and take a strong stand on behalf of those babies. More and more, Father, raise up more individuals that will do what you'd have them to do to support the work of pregnancy clinics, to support pro-life ministries out there, to support this work in any way. And Father, we're believing in, Lord. Thank you. By, by faith, Lord, I thank you that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And by the grace of God, um, more and more ground is being being conquered by your kingdom with every passing day. And more and more, the kingdom of darkness is falling as it relates to this issue. Help us, Lord, as the church to be about your business, doing whatever it is and all the things you would have us to do to be bold witnesses for Christ. Help us to give our time, talent, and treasure to do all the things you're calling the church to do to be witnesses for the cause of life. Lord, help us like Shipra and Pua in in Exodus chapter 1, two little midwives who boldly feared you and decided that even though Pharaoh had told them to kill the baby boys, they refused to do it because they knew what was right and wrong. Help us to be a people that listen to your wisdom so that we too discern what is right, what is wrong, what honors you, what doesn't honor you, what is truth, and what is error or lies. And help us to be committed to standing for the truth. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Once again, if you'd like to learn more about the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center um, Mobile Medical Pregnancy Ministry, our website is greenwoodhopecenter.org. Again, that's greenwoodhopecenter.org. Hope you'll go on our website to learn more about the ministry. If you'd like to become an intercessor, coming alongside and praying for us every day, we very much would appreciate that. And if you'd like to give financially, again, we hope that you'll prayerfully consider that as well. As we usually do before we end the broadcast today, once again, if you're listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a wonderful day, a great day to be saved, to ask Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Would you simply pray this prayer with me if you'd like to be saved and to give your heart to the the Lord today? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrongs I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and some resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We do hope to hear from you. In the same email, again, joseph at afr.net. We mentioned that uh, we're giving away a couple copies of our book, A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life, to the first two persons that email us. Once again, that email is joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.